0: singer songwriter broadcaster audio video artist entertainment agent and your host for the Darmic evolution it's the master storyteller himself james kevin o'connor
1: hey welcome everybody back again to the dharmic evolution we have a singer songwriter today yes this lady is an emerging independent artist out of the san francisco bay area she calls her genre timely americana i dig that and she's inspired to write for the particular time in which we live with its unique critical challenges. She sees the world in robust transformation as the ripest subject for her songwriting, and her songs address such issues as the preservation of the natural world, homelessness, the political landscape, friendship and loss, and love of country. Ladies and gentlemen, you better strap up your seatbelts because we're taking a ride today on The Dharmic Evolution with Kate Magdalena. Kate, welcome to The Dharmic Evolution. So good of you to be here.
2: Well, I'm I'm really happy that you asked me to come on the show.
1: Yeah, a California lady, singer-songwriter, and um, you know, how serendipitous was it that Gene Foley connected us... (laughs) And you were in Nashville, like, I I was almost gonna try to like reach out and say, hey, let's go get a cup of coffee. But I mean, time was, you know, you had a flight to catch and I was running around like crazy. So, um, but we're here now and congratulations on a larger dance, really great song and looks like a fantastic um, project that just got kicked off recently. Can we start with that and tell us where you are on that journey? Yeah, well, actually the, it's a full album. Of 11 songs and it was just released last
2: Friday uh, and I'll tell you I, I feel like I've been a bit like um, you know a mother giving birth uh, yesterday I did go into a bit of a postpartum depression I just there's so much you know I didn't realize that when you do a project like this um, you know I've written most of the songs there are a couple of covers on the album uh, I've got um, just so that people know. There's a cover of, the, the, the album begins with Joan Armitrading's song, Dry Land, that I discovered uh, in, in the 70s. And I discovered it in my, at the beginning of my passage of adulthood when I, when I saw that, in fact, um, adulthood is, is, is formed of, of um, different rivers, different bodies of water that we get through to come onto dry land, so to speak. And that song spoke to me then, it's, it speaks to me now. I don't know if you want me to go into any more depth on the songs, but just to let you know, I've got um, Crosby, Stills, Nash. I did a Southern Cross cover, and I did also a cover by Sinead O'Connor, Take Me to Church. But the other songs are mine. That's eight of them. And I can tell you more about that, but I didn't know if you want me to keep on, you know, talking or if you want to say something.
1: It's your show. So we'll just we'll just roll with it. So why don't we do okay. this? Um oh, well. okay. We... I can talk.
2: I love talking. So I love that. Um, That's
1: easy for me because I'll just get yeah, a and Yeah, I used to have a radio show,
2: by the way. I'm good at it. You know, I, I tend to talk too much actually. So but do interrupt, you know, anytime you have a question, please don't hesitate to just to just and I won't go on and on, but but basically just to describe the album. Um So then uh, I've got a song, I've got three songs about the earth. The earth is, you know, the saving of the earth. They're not heavy-handed. They're not, they're really beautiful. One is called New Earth. It's a fantasy visionary song about, um, basically about, you know, the kingdom of God. I mean, it's basically how the earth should be, was at one time, and will be restored again to its incredibly uh, perfect, perfection. Um, And of course, we would almost be there right now if there weren't so many people just making obstacles to that. Anyway, that's New Earth. I've got Long Live the Woods, which is a poetry I tend to, um, I began songwriting by setting poems to music. And um, one of my first projects, actually, probably 10 years ago, I set um, a little riff by um, Gerard Manley Hopkins, an English poet from the 19th century, a Christian. And he wrote beautiful love poetry to God. And um, he writes the first environmental poem, maybe after William Blake. He says, where would the world be? Once bereft of wetness and of wildness. Let them be left, oh, let them be left. Long live the weeds and the wilderness yet. I changed it to woods. And that became "Long Live the Woods." I can see you want to ask something. Go ahead. No, no.
1: I, I just wanna. I want to let people have a taste of uh, the title track. So we'll just play sure. that for them, so they can get a sense. Absolutely. Of Kate Sorry. Magdalena. Okay. Here we go.
0: Do you wonder that the skies are made in ribbons? Green grass is kissed at night by the dew. Is it
1: There it is, a larger dance. Wow, you opened that with a harp, correct? Did I hear a harp in there?
2: Uh, yes, you you do hear a harp in there. That was
1: beautiful. That was beautiful. And in fact,
2: I just got done with a radio tour back in Nashville. And by the way, it was incredibly serendipitous that, you know, I was longing as I was watching the fires rage in California, feeling the necessity more urgently of finding a home outside of California, if for if and when you know, things really do. I mean, this is the most beautiful state and it's under attack actually right now. But anyway, um, so I, I wanted to find a place, um, in the Nashville area. And there you were calling me just on that day as I was preparing to leave, talking to me about where you live. And in fact, I've, i told my husband, I'm going to come back and, uh, in the next few months and just look at real estate there just to see what's around. I'd love to meet you.
1: Yeah. Well, we'll make it happen next time for okay. sure. But, um, But yeah, I think that was really something because uh, all of a sudden you said, yeah, you're from the East, you're from New York originally, and I'm from New Jersey originally, and then You know, we both have this, uh, I don't know if it's the wanderlust or if it's just, it's time for a change sometimes in your life, you know, geographically, I think. And that was kind of brewing for me for a long time. Yes. And it took me a while, but um, I just love the vibe here and everything creative is here. And there's a lot of support with other artists, other, you know, talented people. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah. May I just
2: interject one thing? Sure. I'm looking for a community where artists recognize each other's gifts and take pleasure in them where it's not competitive necessarily. I mean, I know it's always competitive, but you know, where there's really collaboration and and that's one of the things that excites me about the pop. Maybe I'm, you know, dreaming, but you're telling me that really exists. So
1: yeah, it was funny the first time I, I came into the studio here and, you know, surrounded by all this incredible talent, you know, these, these people who came in to work with me and once we got past the the you know the introductory stage where we kind of got comfortable with each other, um, I was very quick to let everybody know this this is an open door policy. I mean, you know, I can probably go and create a lot of the parts, the bass lines, or whatever. And but I didn't do any of that. I just came in with a raw song and a vocal and a melody and said, you know, let me see what you got. And and, and it became like our music you know all of a sudden it became like everybody was able to just you know put their piece in and that's when you get the best songs when that happens i think
2: yeah well that's actually what we've done with um you know on the record um billy smiley is my producer um he's out of northern shore productions based in franklin actually um and he's an extraordinary producer he he started in 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 christian music by by forming one of the leading bands back in the 80s and 90s Called White Heart, and as I told you yesterday, he's recently collaborated with. Oh, I can't think. John, and forgive me, I didn't. I wasn't a Christian back then, and I didn't follow those bands. But the leader of Petra, John oh, Schlitt, okay.
1: right. and the
2: leader of um, of White Heart, Billy Smiley, have collaborated to form the Union of Sinners and Saints, and they just went on tour. But the reason I'm telling you that that is that I have been working with with Billy over the past year. I've, I've taken several trips to Nashville and recorded both at the Castle and at the Sound Kitchen and at Dark Horse. And it's always been such an incredible joy to work with the musicians that are just about the best musicians in the world for this type of music.
1: Yeah, Kate, you you actually um, started doing this, pursuing this, I think, in a big way um, later in life rather than earlier in life. And that kind of like, we kind of have like a parallel paradigms here because I was kind of the same way. I had other I had businesses and I, had a, I was raising really? a family and, wow. um, I only decided to do this about five years ago to say, all right, now it's time to do this, you know, full tilt. And, um, I have the opportunity, my kids are grown up and doing their thing and it, everything is cool. So, um, so, how does that feel to you on a day-to-day basis? Do you feel like it's a real blessing? Is it a hardship? Is it is it a, is it all of the above? How does it feel for you in this well, world right now?
2: Yeah, I'm so glad you asked. I think it's one of the things I'm struggling with actually, mm-hmm. because I never considered myself an artist before. I, I I I had this passing thought right after I graduated from college. I. I um, majored in history. I'm very interested in, you know, ideas. And um, I, I was so interested in ideas, actually, that I thought that, you know, I considered um, really going into music more. But but honestly, even though I had a good voice, and I loved to sing, I didn't know I could write, you know, music. I didn't know I could write poetry even. But I, I just thought that music would be boring. <laughs> you know, it's just singing, you know, after all. And I was so interested in the world and, um, why it was the way it was and my place in the world. I should say, I, I, I I had a spiritual urgency about me. I had to find out what was going on here. And, uh, so I, I kind of did, I spent my, my twenties really in, in spiritual pursuit. I did do jobs. I mean, I, and I ended up using my writing, you know, in corporate writing and, um, doing, I had a wonderful job, actually loved publications, loved to write and uh, worked for hospitals and such. But then I became a teacher, you know, and teaching was extremely creative and, and I enjoyed it very, very much. I loved children. I just never felt, I didn't know how to approach the music industry at all. And before the internet, I just felt like, well, there's no way. And um, even though I, this is the really interesting part as I grew up in Manhattan, you know, and my family didn't know how to begin to, to set that up, either, and so it was kind of like, well, you know, keep it as a hobby, you know. But it kept coming back, and then I began really becoming interested in poetry and doing, you know, I, I, I do write poetry, and I, I actually got a graduate degree in it, and uh, and then I began setting some of that stuff to music and had a band back in the year two thousand called Open Secret. It was a Celtic band. It was kind of an imitation Celtic band, I should say, but but we had a great time, and the band broke up, and I realized I wanted to get trained in music. I wanted to I wanted to be able to be the author of music, not just be at other people's disposal, not knowing even what a quarter note was, and what the key of D meant, or anything like that. So I went back to Sonoma State, where I lived for four years, and I had the the privilege of being able to do that I should say um, to be able to go back and I was also I think I was teaching piano at the time too and studied music vocal performance and all of it but I you know I was in my mid 40s my classmates were all going to be auditioning for opera and I felt again out of the loop and I went back into the classroom in a big way um, and spent the next five or six years teaching got getting into teaching music actually and then going, to, I went to seminary. I had a conversion experience in 2009. And more than anything, I wanted to understand. I wanted to help people and serve. And I had been trained by that point in the harp and in doing healing therapeutic harp in the hospital. And so I thought that, well, that's that's what I was going to settle for musically. But it wasn't until the world became kind of crazy. Maybe ten years ago, when I, I noticed—I mean, it's always been crazy, but it became really crazy about 2010 and 11. And I just woke up to some things that made me start writing, and um, and I made an I made an album. It took me two years. Here,
0: do you and
1: then feel I like? Do you have, feel like that? um all of the collective experiences you had both in your Mm. professional and personal you know uh, journeys (laughs) don't you feel like you have a a wealth of better songs to contribute because you had that past rather than if you just went right out of the gate in your 20s
2: oh totally i mean the thing that's weird honestly is that i've never studied songwriting i mean i've i have some books i've tried to take a course but you know it didn't last very long like I just basically feel like it's such a creative process of going within and um, allowing the spirit to move. Uh, and I do feel that it is a God-given, total God-given talent if you have it. I don't even take responsibility in a way for my songs in that I just, I just, I mean, they're, they're gifts. Each one of them is a gift. And that's why I want them to be heard.
1: Yeah. And how about um, influences as you were going through your life? Because uh, you got a beautiful, uh, your voice is just so clean and clear and, and pure. Um, who were you listening to that you admired growing up and like, you know, like that you, you just kind of like, that stuck to you, whatever, whoever it was. It's just beautiful. It's very unique and original. So who did you listen to and love?
2: Well, I'm glad you asked. Because um, I'm of the opinion that the voice is literally formed through the ear. It's formed through listening. I know it. I just It's my, been my theory, and I know it's going to be proven one day because, well, first of all, it's not just my, I have to say, it's not really my theory. Have you ever heard of Rudolf Steiner? Yes. Rudolf Steiner, the, the Austrian um, philosopher and a teacher, he spoke about how the larynx actually forms when we listen in minute detail the larynx becomes formative through listening. And we replicate what we hear, even if we don't speak it. Well, I listened to Julie Andrews as a child. She I listened and I listened and I listened. And then I listened to Mary Travers, Peter Paul and Mary, and I listened as deep, you know, it's like my ear was just like plunked there, you know, for, for hours, over and over. And then I listened to um Eva Cassidy, Joni Mitchell. Um, Lorena McKennett, for me, I have to say, she's my guiding light. Lorena McKennett is a Canadian-Irish, incredible um, songwriter. And she's she's the one that first tapped into what I would call a mystical sense in music. When I, I literally felt shivers all over my body when I heard The Lady of Shalott, her gorgeous tune, uh, again, poetry to music of, um, I think it's... Um, not not Yeats. It's uh, Tennyson, but anyway. So she was an intellectual songwriter, also very aesthetic, and um, I think I she's the one that got me going on the harp. Wow! And then yeah, and then from there it was like I don't know. I just started. One of the really interesting things I just wanted to share with your listeners that I didn't understand. I used to write a lot of poetry, and I, and and but poetry began to feel unimportant to me. It began to feel like just an exercise in kind of, I don't know, it began to lose meaning for me. And I I actually stopped writing and I stopped listening to music really for quite a while. And, but I noticed as I began to write, if I tried to write poetry, it was always like this kind of garbledy-gook melody kind of stuff. It was always things that didn't make sense, but had rhythm to it. And, and then songs just kind of started bursting out, you know? Right. And uh, so anyway,
1: One of the uh, things I've noticed is that musicians tend to, especially songwriters, all take hiatuses, you know, throughout their career. Like they'll just have to, they'll just like disappear for a while. (laughs) And I think that's really healthy because I think it allows you to appreciate what you have because if it gets overdone, it's just like, it's like there's something lost in it it's being so rote and so you know it's the same thing over and over and over a heavy schedule touring schedule or whatever and you need time to like especially if you're going to write something new you need time to like regenerate and like just go out and see what's going on again you know i want to take this moment to play this thus far is my favorite this is called take me to church here we go <music>
0: songs for i don't want to sing them anymore that mend your broken bones
1: Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful song. Um, really love that production. He, really, just killer. So, what <laughs> possessed you to do that? And the, the vocals, everything was just amazing on that.
2: Thank you. Did you want to know about that song?
1: Sure. You take me to church, man. Uh-huh. Take me to church. So, so give us, um, give us the whole backstory okay. on how there this are two inflows. songs so,
2: called "Take Me to Church." One of them by a man named Hosier. I don't really like that song so well. But the one that grabbed me was by Sinead O'Connor. I I didn't know Sinead's music at all. I'd heard of her. I wasn't listening to music. This was back in the 90s. And um, I guess I was a little, I was always jealous of anybody that was successful in music because obviously I wasn't pursuing it. But anyway, when I finally found her, I, I, I she came across my Twitter feed because she had converted to Islam. And I thought, well, that's really super interesting because there's a lady of of guts and gusto that actually has a religious passion like mine. And I wanted to find out more. Well, then I found out, you know, in her history, she had become a Catholic priest. I mean, she was taking Catholicism very seriously. And she was, I mean, obviously not within the Roman Catholic church, but she had, you know, she used to have concerts with these big crosses and that was right before she converted. And uh, when I heard the song, like, I, it was so powerful. I loved the, the way that the, the bass line at the beginning just kind of drops, you know, and I, I began to think of myself doing it, or I forgot to say that Barbra Streisand is also a huge uh, one that I listen to, and I kind of model myself in a little bit after her, it kind of, I, I tend to kind of imitate her, I must say, a bit. And uh, I was trying to do something kind of like that on the opening, and um And I just thought, wow, this is, this would be really cool. Plus the fact, um, it's not, even though it's take me to church, it's not churchy in the wrong way. It's churchy in the right way. You know, it's the, it's the church that liberates and opens rather than the church that closes and condemns
1: Yeah. that,
2: um, that I was, you know, I feel that Jesus is, is of course he condemns, of course there are things that are wrong and of course sin is real, (laughs) but much more than that, love is real. And, um, and the transformation that we have in God um, is a possibility open to each of us, whatever religion. I, I don't believe that it's only Christ, or it's, I mean, I believe that Christ is everywhere in, in all religions, but they all go by different names. And I try and, I'm very um, basically open, but I'm very, I'm also deeply, um, Christ is my my guru, I should say.
1: Yeah, I always feel that like um, the American Indian, even though they didn't know perhaps his name or anything. They were, they were so uh, reverent towards, you know, the spiritual oh. beliefs of, you know, there's a greater power. Yes. That they And I, I always admired the way they they loved the land and they respected it. And, you know, there was something so to that. Yeah. So even though it's he... In, a,
2: in every culture, you know, this is the thing. Every religion, every, every culture, every human being, if they allow themselves to, um, has a doorway into... Into god and god has a doorway into that human being yeah i honestly do not feel that the names are important i do feel that we happen to live in a culture in which jesus is acknowledged by his name but you know i don't think that jesus is is um i don't think it matters to jesus i think it matters to human beings
1: yes yeah, yeah. we want to be right all the time (laughs) um i want to talk to you a little bit about um you touched on this earlier about the fires in california and i know they've subsided thank the lord for that they're they're probably still flaring up but not as severely um as they were um how has the community like where you live been been dealing with this are you are you close to this kind of uh activity or are you removed from it or like what's going on with your personal
2: well um I mean, I don't know, I guess I will speak the truth as I understand it. Um, I don't believe the fire, I won't say too much other than to say that the fires are being caused. They are not natural.
1: Yeah, I had a feeling. Um,
2: They are, the way they break out, there is a pattern in which something explodes at night while high winds are being manufactured. I will say, and I'll just say it openly, that I got into songwriting professionally to protest geoengineering, which is the intentional manipulation of our atmosphere and changing the weather. Um, and those types of uh, activities bring about um, an incendiary situation on the ground because our our trees out here are laden with heavy metals, from years of spraying and um, they, they combust easily. So it's a, it's a dual-edged sword. They've got, there's causative, technology and then there's the fact that our lands are being primed
1: um what is it the spraying? does it look
2: good for california
1: what is the spraying what's going on with that what were they oh, spraying?
2: have you ever heard about chemtrails
1: no i have not
2: okay chemtrails uh it's it's a derogatory term um but it's an actual real real event um have you ever heard of uh aerosols, yeah, aerosols sure. mm-hmm. in the atmosphere. Yeah. Have you ever seen white lines in the sky or just skies didn't look kind of the way they used to? My song Bluer Than Blue, I'm going to leave that subject right there because I don't want to get into conspiracy theory. I don't want to anger anyone. I just want to say that for me, um, it's an issue. I, I have an open mind and I explore. Um, and what I found is is a lot of evidence that this was happening my song bluer than blue talks about it and it's a much nicer way to hear about it than have me lecture on it
1: right okay all right so we'll spare that for another time but um you know what we should do is while we're on this subject of um the earth and everything well let's play new earth here we go
0: Walking morning early, and I wasn't talking. The sun beamed honey on the wide horizon. All at once, I stopped to listen. Birdsong calling a sonic listening. I shivered with a. When I found myself standing on the earth again, but it was an earth that was changed.
1: earth love the opening acoustic lines on that um that's beautiful really beautiful can you take us into the studio kate and give us um your experience uh recording you recorded this in nashville i'm assuming um and tell us about the players that surrounded you and worked with you and your experience in the studio in Nashville.
2: well i'm overjoyed to do that okay because the studio is my very favorite place to be in the world and it always has been as soon as i started recording um, it's magic. Billy, I will say, is an absolutely extraordinary producer. He has just such a great ear and aesthetic for what's going to sound good and, and contemporary too. I worked with um, some great musicians. There was uh, drummers Jared Neal, who plays with Casey Musgraves, or did. Um, Fred Eltringham, who played with somebody really famous, uh, Cheryl Crow. That's her. That's her drummer. Take Me to Church was Fred Altringham, by the way. Those great drums. Um, we've got Blair, and I can't think of his last name, but he's the best. He and Mason Embry on keyboards. Blair works with Garth Brooks. Um, on guitar, I've got Brennan Smiley, Billy Smiley's son, who is the lead singer and uh, creative inspirer of a group called uh, Technicolors. Technicolors. Um, Blair Masters. Pardon me?
1: Blair Masters. Blair
2: Masters. Yeah. Yes, thank you. Blair <laughs> Masters. Thank you. I'll never forget again. Uh, Billy Billy Whittington from the castle. Well, he worked at the castle with me. I don't know where he's actually from. But he's a fabulous mixer. He was there doing the recording engineering. Um, and who else was there? Um, but anyway, the whole scene, uh, who can, I can't forget, Jonathan Crone. Jonathan Crone did, did the, the, um, uh, the, the the electric guitar for a number of my songs fabulous fabulous guitarist and also does some, you know, synth what do you call it? I don't understand the whole world of computerized music, but he does some of that on my on programmed music I should should call it. Right. And it was just what can I say? What what would happen is we we would lay Billy and I would we'd map out the song first day pre-production then the next day or the day after that we'd um you know, the, the the tracks would be laid down by these various people. I do scratch vocal, and then uh, in the evening I would come back and I would do the real vocal. <laughs> and Billy, Billy has this really funny um, tradition of uh, he would say you have to get um, Jack Daniels and lays Jack Daniels mixed with Coca Cola and and take a Lay's potato chip. And he'd make me have a little bit of that before I didn't get drunk or anything, but it was really funny, and so it helped my voice get. Clearer, maybe?
1: <laughs> What's the But anyway, It was chip. always very, that? very...
2: I will t- tell you this. T- <laughs> the truth of it is that when I record the vocal, if it's going well, which it often does, it, it's, it's, it's sheer magic because these microphones are so terrific. And for me, because I know that my voice responds to the ear, I've got the headphones on, and I'm hearing the feedback of my voice in real time and responding to it, which creates the next real time. And it's absolutely fantastic and it sounds great i must say it sounds really good
1: tell me what the uh the potato chip has to do with the elixir that he prepared for you (laughs) i
2: think that's salt he says it has to be lays of course i want to use the organic but uh, anyway it's a cheese we don't really do that i mean i might I might have a little sip of Coca Cola and a potato chip. Yeah. It's, it's just I don't know. It doesn't. It's probably just a wise tale.
1: Yeah. Um, favorite moments when you are um, in the studio? Is it coming to the mix? Is it the actual laying down of the tracks? Oh, okay. You um, want it?
2: Can I get up and just show you something? Sure. I'm not gonna move. Sure. I'm not gonna move.
1: But okay. But look
2: at that. So I'm gonna go back here. Okay. okay. When I record, I am in full motion. The body. It's everything. I'm like literally moving, 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 and I literally cannot sing beautifully unless, well, I, I mean, I could, but you know, there are times that I stay still, but basically I'm in motion. And I find that, you know, it's the rhythm actually that that's so inspiring.
1: Right, so no bangles, no wristwatches, no jewelry. Right, you drive the engineers crazy if you're oh, if you're recording. Actually,
2: it's just when I record, it's just usually me and Billy when I'm doing the vocal. Right, um, but you say, you're saying, bit.
1: but you're saying you're moving while you're doing you're singing. Is that correct? Yes. Oh, that's yes. cool. That's very cool. Yeah. yeah, because you're 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 using your freedom. You know,
2: it's in the body. Yeah, the body is part of the voice. The voice is in the body. Right. Um, and the movement that I'm trying to cap that I'm trying to capture in some of these beautiful rhythmic songs that actually I have another album coming out. Believe it or not. I May.
1: know. I saw that. I'm I saw so it. Congratulations. That's- just- I've got
2: one more song to do.
1: You're but going it's going to you know, have 11
2: songs as well.
1: You're going for the trifecta here, Kate. I mean, each year. <laughs> three, the, I mean, new three albums. and
2: freaking three. Can you believe it?
1: That's awesome. That's really a lot to be uh, proud of. Um, I want to ask you about your daily habits. Now, as a songwriter, you know, tell me, do you like regimen? Do you have a favorite time of day to write? Um, Do you schedule? Like, what is your jam? What do you love to do? Just the inspiration hits okay. and you go?
2: Here's the deal. I, I basically... You know, I told you I didn't exercise. I got to exercise in the morning. I got it. I have a morning routine of, well, ideally, some kind of prayer meditation time. Yeah. Ideally, it doesn't always happen. Often doesn't happen, okay? Right. To be honest. But I like it to happen. Um, and, and when it does happen, my day is much better. I do need to move every day. I do need to do some kind of movement in the morning. Uh, opening the body. I think the body is very important to the creative process, too. Oh, yes. And you can't feel like, you know, you know what and do good, good work. Yeah. But you know, if a song pops, usually it's, it's honestly, then I'll, uh, in the morning, I'll often go to my music studio, which is, I have a little cabin, Excuse it's really kind of a nice cabin to the left of my house. And I've got my harps and keys and kind of looks like what you've got going back there. And I go and and usually the prayer time will morph into some songwriting. I mean, yeah. if I'm going to, as i said i i feel that the work is inspired um and so i'll really listen i'll be like well god you know jesus holy spirit do you have something for me and you know when there is something there i mean it's not as if we don't combine talents of course we do i mean it's i feel like god gives the inspiration and for me it's listening and honing but it's not as if i sit around writing songs i'm basically doing so much right now i You know, between, I'm trying to move my career forward. I'm trying to get the songs heard. There's nobody, I mean, I've got Billy, who's my, he's kind of, he's helping me. He's my consultant, and I have a a career coach. Um, But honestly, figuring out the booking piece, all of it, here in California, you know, profit in his own homeland, whatever, I... I barely get, I mean, I'm trying to get noticed a little bit, but people are very territorial here, I find. And they just, it's not very open. Another reason, I was thinking Nashville might be a better terrain for me.
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, my experience has been that, uh, you know, once you get out and meet some people, um, people are very, very willing to lend a hand. And, you know, once they get to know you, they're like, you know, how can we, you know, just meeting people and going out and networking, um, I think you would do really well here. Thank you. um what would be your favorite place to play to roll out this music I mean do you like like really small intimate things really big big stage what's your favorite thing if you're if you're performing well, live? I'd
2: like I'd like a bigger stage but yeah. I, I like intimate too I, I I don't care I mean I'm so excited to perform I'm just right. looking for opportunities to do that and frankly I don't have a lot of them right now to be yeah. honest but I I would like to think that I'll have them. I think, you know, it's funny because even though I have all this music that I've written and everything, I really do have to combat feelings of, you know, what if this fails? You know, maybe, I'm, maybe this is not gonna be successful and I have to kind of be okay with that, but it, I would like to work. I'd like to bring the music. I feel that it's not just music. It's kind of a ministry and I wanna touch as many people as I can. And I don't want to do it, as I said, I mean, of course, I can't say that my ego is totally not in it because it is. Right. But I really want to do it because I believe it's the work that God has given me to do f- for the purposes that he has. And um, and I don't presume to think that, I mean, I'm just a little cog in the wheel kind of thing, you know, but
0: right.
1: but I
2: just basically want to serve this this mus- this musical mission that I think he's put me on.
1: Well, I think that's going to happen. And a larger dance needs a larger stage. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I want to go into, I want to talk a little bit about something that I'm passionate about, as well as th- that you are, and that's the homeless. And um, why don't you set up this video that I'm about to play for everybody. Um, for the folks who join us on the YouTube channel, we're going to play um, Kate's video. And, you know, it's going to be, it's called Streets of Any Any Town really amazing um tell us how you came to film this and what were you thinking about um have you you know like have you <laughs> what
2: was i thinking at the moment yeah i was I... thinking about the videographer and, and uh, <laughs> he was that was an interesting story but we ended up getting video down in, in san francisco's mission district and then we also used video with a wonderful videographer that billy knows um i believe his name is carl uh out in um in Nashville, in Franklin, and yeah. so he photographed some of that footage in Nashville. But the footage of me, of course, is in San Francisco. Yeah.
1: yeah, it's um, the cities are having an overwhelming problem now with with homelessness, and you know I I'm very close to it in that I'm, um, you know I I go to places like this often, and I, I'm just always amazed at how it's it's just growing, it's just growing like crazy, like see Los Angeles of you know, you know okay. case in point. can i
2: just say i got to stop you a second sure it's not just growing right it's growing because of policies that are not serving the public yeah. and the, and the really this is the thing i would love to drive home and i'm passionate about it is that we need to reclaim our democracy the people need to have a say and it seems to me that the people don't have as much of a say as they once did and that a lot of policies are being dictated by corporations through Congress, but it's all run, it's all run by this oligarchy of money, basically. Right. And think what you want, call it conspiracy or whatever you want. When we have sanctuary cities, you know, the really amazing thing about it is that people's compassion and goodness have been manipulated for an agenda that is not serving the public. Of course, we want to help, but helping is not just by letting people come in and being on the streets.
1: No, You know, we've got, I mean, this
2: is, the song was really written to say, it asked the question, is it okay in a civilized society, so to speak, that this occur? Billy and I left our last recording session in San Francisco with needles all over the street, heroin addicts laying down. I mean, it was, it was appalling to me that, and, and yet here we are in the most progressive, well, what does progress mean? If it's flipped like that and actually become a downward spiral yeah. so the labels don't matter
1: well let's labels find out matter. by playing this video here okay. here is here is kate streets of any town check this out
0: On a corner of the streets of any town There's a man who life forgot He's going down His family wrote him off as crazy Many years ago His friends left him as someone It's better not to know The streets took him as one of their own. The open street.
1: Kate, very, very compelling video. I mean, that's not just um, getting up in front of a camera and telling the story lyrically, but you just w- really went to the place and and showed, you know, what was going on. So tell us about your experience filming that. Thank I mean, you. Okay. Yeah.
2: I, I felt like I didn't really do justice to this song. Um, my experience filming it, well, before I, I tell you that, I want to tell you about my experience writing it. Okay. So um, it involved, I was part of, the reason I got to Nashville, okay, I got to share this with you, the larger dance, right? So I did my first album. And after I did it, it was like, well, now what, what do I do? How do I promote this? What's going on? Help, you know, what do I do next? I'm a failure, which is what always goes in my head from childhood. So I'm like, God, what do I do? And usually I don't get prayers answered like that, but the next morning in my inbox was an invitation to come to Nashville <laughs> to participate in something called the Objective, which is run by a man named Ted Brune and a wonderful um, a wonderful group of young people who have managed to put together with no budget, and I mean no budget, maybe a shoestring budget, a tour that goes and brings the work of artists all over. All over the world, actually now, but in this country, um, and I participated in that. And as a member of the objective, which is the was the the grouping where I first met Billy, actually, because various and you should know about this. It'd be a wonderful thing for you to get involved with. Um, various musicians from Nashville, many of whom are Christian, participate in this and and guide artists. And I was given the instruction to walk to go back midnight or whatever 11 o'clock to go back to broadway and do some missionary work do some music and do some this and that you know with whoever i came across and i don't want to do it i was like i'm i don't know i was i just kind of wanted to go to bed yeah and i i like walking you know i, I saw that i saw my friends there on broadway and i said hi and i kind of waved and moved on and they're coming toward me with a hood on bright blue eyes and a beard, a white beard, was a man that looked like he could have been a fisherman out of Scotland. And he said to me, I'm homeless, and I'm on heroin, and I want to get off of it, and I don't know how. He literally approached me. And I had been trained as a chaplain, you know, <laughs> you're much the chaplain running to the hotel to go to bed, right? So I, I sat with him, and we or stood with him, and we talked, and I listened. And then I actually got my friends to come up and we prayed with him. We sang with him. We, you know, did all the good things you're supposed to do with him. But the really important thing was to hear his story. And of course, to pray with him too. But um, so that story became a song. And it asked the question is it okay? Is this okay? Wow. That so, how feel, did I feel yeah. when I was doing it? Honestly, mm-hmm. okay, I'm in my early 60s. I. Uh, you know, I can't, I, I felt a little bit like we don't see a lot of music videos from people in their sixties, you know, that are, that are trying to look charming or whatever. And I was kind of both trying to look charming at the same time I was trying to deliver this very, very important message. And, and I was a bit self-conscious in places, but I tried to be authentic and just be in the moment and just be there. Billy was there. He came out, he was out. Um, we had the videographer, I believe my husband was there too. And, um, it was it was a little it was a little tense actually I, I felt a little tense inside um, we had this but it, but at the same time I kept trying to relax. that's what I'm always trying to do is just relax.
1: or do you have trouble with that relaxing?
2: Well I think we all do yeah I think we all do um, I, I tend to be uh, people call me high strung um, but I think I, I think that with the proper um, with breath work, meditation, yoga, Prayer, I mean, when I say prayer, I mean constant opening to to God as much as possible. Um, and an occasional cigarette, occasional glass of wine. Yeah. You know, I get through.
1: We all have our little vices, don't we? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so, So this is amazing that you have three albums back to back to back, three different years. And I just see like your career, like from where I sit watching that is... Um, it's pretty, it's pretty impressive. I mean, I would be so excited, and I, and I am excited for you, for what you're doing and where you're going. Um, where do you think you would like to, like, let's, say, let's just assume for a minute that you did move to Nashville. Do you feel in your heart that things would open up for your career in a better way? I'm teasing have a you now. I funny story to tell you. I'm teasing you. So I, I'm in Nashville
2: last week, and All we're right. at beautiful West Haven. Right. And I'm taking the guys out for Chinese food right there in West Haven, which if you haven't been, it's a great Chinese restaurant. Okay. And I say, guys, you know, I'm taking them to lunch, so I've got them in my pocket, right? I say, I'm thinking about coming to Nashville and, like, actually relocating here part-time. And, you know, what do you think? And it was as if I dropped a lead balloon. Everybody was like, um, "You know, uh, you know, kind of good idea, but like not really because there's so many people doing that and there's so much competition." Blah, blah, blah. Right. But, um, but, wait, what, what, I just want to make sure I get your question that you asked. Um, no, I,
1: I asked, well, "What would that feel like to you? What, what do you, if you saw if you see yourself there? What you know? What does that do to you? To your imagination? Oh, yeah, I have so no
0: idea like, how it would yeah. go.
2: Like. All I know is I feel, I do feel drawn to the area. I just did a radio tour, by the way, and I want to tell you about it. I want to get. Hang on, stay right sure. there. I'm just.
1: Move I'm not going one. anywhere. I'm staying right here. I might even pull out my guitar and sing. Oh, you're back. Oh, cool. I'm back. We're so, good. Hey, I <laughs> okay. want to show you
2: my thank you notes because I went to Liberty, Kentucky. Okay. I went to South Pittsburgh, Tennessee. I went to Bowling Green, Kentucky. I went to Coleman, Alabama. I went to Scottsboro, Alabama, and Lawrenceburg, Tennessee. And I want to tell you, these were beautiful interchanges. Um, I I was moved, actually. I couldn't stop smiling as I was writing these. They liked me. They they said, hey, you got to come back. And they also gave me tips on, well, you ought to check out this theater and blah, blah. The question is, how does the independent artist, unsigned, figure out how to do everything? And basically, I have to do, I'm like, Trying to listen, trying to figure it out, at the same time as trying to be open to the larger dance, and trying not to panic when nothing's happening. Because as I said, I don't really have very many gigs, so right. I, you know, it's kind of like, what do I do? I've got all this talent, I've got all this this beautiful music. How do I get it out there? That's the question, and I, I feel like I need to trust the larger dance.
1: I think you do, and I, I think really um, what you've done here is you've done the most important thing: is you built a foundation. And you've got a catalog now, and you've got you know you've got your real estate, which is essentially your music, and now you know you take it out to the world. It's really that simple. Um, we're starting to wind down here now, Kate. I'd like you to, if you would, anything you'd like to part. Um, with with our listeners who are, who are tuning into this show and downloading this show. Um, any last wishes, anything you would like to impart to them before we go? Yes. And also the best place for people to reach out and support <laughs> you, please.
2: Thank you. Okay, well, first of all, I'll give my contact information first. It's katemagdalena.com. You can please sign up on my email list, and that way you'll get a free download of my song, New Earth, but you'll also be part of my tribe, My family. Um, i consider this is a sacred process for me and i i love first of all i love people it's 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 human beings i don't like that much No, just kidding no i de- genuinely <laughs> this is a this is a labor of love i do believe in, and what I, my parting words are this first of all i want to thank you so much for having me on i feel such a kinship with you already and you you've inspired me actually to look further into moving i want to thank you deeply um, and for the work to. that you do, and I want to learn more about what you do. Um, but my parting words are this: We're living, I think, possibly in biblical times. We need to keep our eyes open to see what is occurring, but we don't want to be afraid. And I think the music, my music, speaks to what is occurring, but it it does so, um, it does so with the love of God, because I think God wants us to be aware yes so that we can make the right choices and i think and, and basically serve this plan that is unfolding before us which is larger than any of us
1: amen amen kate it was wonderful to have you on the dharmic evolution thank you so much for your wisdom your music um your thought-provoking stories your video everything that you've been doing um keep on doing it and um may god continue to bless you on your journey
2: Thank you so much. And may God continue to bless you and yours.
1: A larger dance. Take me to church. New Earth. And the video, Streets of Any Town. These are the songs of Kate Magdalena. We talked about a lot of things today. Joan Armatrading, Billy Smiley, Petra, Rudolf Steiner, Julie Andrews, Peter, Paul, and Mary, Eva Cassidy, Joni Mitchell, Luna McKenna, Barbara Streisand. We got everything from California wildfires to Nashville to Jesus, everything in this interview today. I hope you guys really enjoyed it and will support Kate on her journey and support this new album, A Larger Dance. Please go over to Kate's website and support her And if you have not yet gone over to the Dharmic Evolution Facebook community page, you're missing out. All of the artists, authors, speakers, thought leaders that have been on the show are on there with their content. And you should post yours on there too. Let the world support your artistry. It's there for the taking. You can also look into all of the artists who have been on this show at DharmicEvolution.com. Check it out. The blogs, the podcasts, All your favorite platforms are on there. We've got, we're on Spotify and Pandora and Stitcher Radio and Overcast and Pocket Cast and (laughs) a lot. The line goes on and on and on. There's so many more jumping into it. We're on Pandora now also. Um, So you can listen on your favorite platform and you can look into all of the artists who have been on this show and uh, their videos are up there, their songs. A lot of great photos are on there, too. So swing over to DharmicEvolution.com and support your favorite artist there today. That's it for me today. It's a wrap. I'm your host for the Dharmic Evolution, James Kevin O'Connor, singer, songwriter, audio, video artist, master storyteller, and international talent agent. So until the next time when we meet again, I'll either see you on the socials or I'll see you from the stage.